Good morning, Living Waters. My name is Leanne McAllister, and I used to serve on the pastoral staff here. It feels like decades ago, but <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. But now, together with my husband, Darcy, we serve in Asia, and um, we're some of your global workers. And I'm just delighted to be back here today and to share with you from the Word of God. Um, and by the way, Happy Mother's Day. Um, nothing is normal in 2022, am I right? Um, Darcy and I are currently living with four generations of McAllisters in our home since we returned <laughs> uh, from Asia in March. You know, pray for us. It's, it's actually not as bad as it sounds, but like I live with my mother-in-law, which was always my dream. And um, I live with my daughter-in-law, which I know was always her dream. After church, I'm going to call my mom who has dementia, and I will need to remind her that it is indeed Mother's Day. And then I'll call my birth mother um, to wish her a happy Mother's Day. It's just super complicated at times. You see, I'm an adopted child born to two teenagers from Surrey way back in 1968. Soon after my birth, I was adopted into a family in the Okanagan, and I'm so grateful for my life, for my family, both my adoptive family and my birth family. But honestly, my adoption is tinged with sadness. You see, adoption is almost always a beautiful story, a story where someone is rescued, received into a brand new family and given a home, and it is beautiful. And yet, in order to be adopted, you first have to be relinquished, and that's just sad. I'm 54 years old now, and looking back now as a grandma, which is the best, when I reflect, I can see that I have struggled over my lifetime with a deep sense of aloneness. I fight the feelings and sometimes the behavior of an orphan. Now, what do I mean by that? A true orphan are those who have no parents. And they can struggle with their ident identity. They can ask themselves, who am I? What, what is this stuff that I am made of? And security is almost always an issue. Where do I go for help? Who is in my corner? Where do I belong? And in extreme cases, they can even be asking the question, where's my next meal coming from? And this uncertainty can lead to a set of behaviors, things like self-reliance, like you can't depend on anyone but yourself. It always comes back to you and your own self-sufficiency. And you can't appear weak. Uh, vulnerability is to be avoided at all costs. And yet, underlying it is this craving to be known, loved, accepted, to be taken in. And so there's, there's this, just this war within an orphan. If I had to sum it up, I would describe it as being on the outside looking in. What a lovely topic for Mother's Day, right? But I want to propose this morning that as followers of Jesus, this is often our struggle. Stay with me. We function as though we are orphans, struggling with our identity, and living as though it all depends on us. Our text today is Galatians 4, verses 4 to 7, and I want to read it for you. It says, And when the right time came, God sent his Son, 
born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. So Paul is reminding the church of the gospel and its many implications. Well, what is the gospel? Well, first of all, Jesus came to redeem humankind. Those who were in bondage, which which let's remember is all of us. We are all slaves to sin. But those who are in bondage get to walk out into freedom. And over the years as I pastored in this community, I remember sharing so many of my freedom stories, the shout it from the rooftop stories. I remember sharing with you how I'd been freed from shame. I have been set free from sinful practices and and patterns in my life. Like I can testify that I have been redeemed. But often we stop there when there's so much more. According to the the text, it says that we are adopted. So the second step after freedom is being welcomed into one, to as one writer describes it, the great household of God. We gain a family. Not only are we free, we become heirs and co-heirs with Christ. Well, what does this mean? It means we're chosen. I remember as a child teasing my friends that their parents were stuck with them. (laughs) I always said, oh, you know, they had to take you home from the hospital, whereas my parents actually chose me. You are chosen. You are known inside out. Every strength, every gift, every flaw, your struggles with sin, every fear, every insecurity, inside out, he knows you and yet he still chooses you by his grace. Adoption also means our position changes. We aren't the hired help. God isn't just putting up with us, we belong, like like really belong. And, And these people, these are our people, and we enjoy all the rights and freedoms and responsibilities that come from being a family member. You know, our kids are all grown up now, they're married, they're starting their own families. But to this day, um, especially Nick and Ben, if you know those boys at all, when they walk into my house, they go straight to the kitchen, they open the fridge like they own the place. I mean, they're, they're so comfortable in my home. They will go through the pantry, they will check the freezer for my chocolate chip cookies, you know, and they're grown up adults with their own houses and their own pantries and their own freezers. But here's the thing, I wouldn't have it any other way. Why is that? Because they belong and they will always belong. When my adoptive parents eventually die, which makes me sad to think about, they are currently 79 and 84 in really good health. But when they die, I get everything, okay? Now, (laughs) let's be clear, there's not much. but I am the heir, the only heir, and my legal rights are exactly the same as if I had been naturally born to them, and that is adoption. Because of what Christ accomplished through his death and resurrection, we are co-heirs with Christ. 
Romans 8, 17 says, and since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. It also goes on to to say that we share in his sufferings too, uh, but we won't go into that this morning. But in ancient Jewish culture, the oldest brother pretty much got everything. The kids that followed in line received much less than the big brother. And so we can think of Jesus as the oldest brother in this family. And Jesus turns this ancient custom on its head and through his generous grace shares everything with us. Everything that belongs to him is ours as well. So what belongs to Christ? One writer says, the power and the glory and the respect and the beauty of the kingdom of Jesus is yours too. Every good thing belongs to God. And Jesus loves sharing all of this with us. And here's the thing, there's more than enough. It's not like it ever runs out and that we got to scrap in order to get our part. There is more than enough and it overflows. Finally, the text says that we are given the Holy Spirit, a gift through which we experience the reality of God's presence, reminding us of who we are, that identity, a child of God and a member of the family, and we're even allowed to cry out, Abba. The New Testament was originally written in Greek, but Aramaic was spoken by the Jewish people. And Paul places this little Aramaic word, Abba, in the middle of a Greek letter. Now, why does he do this? This word, Abba, was what Jewish children would call their daddies. And and Paul did this to show the intimacy of the relationship that we have with God. He is our daddy. Now you might be triggered by that because of your own experiences with your earthly father and maybe he wasn't (laughs) that person where you could have a secure identity or security with, but let God redeem that for you today. You have a father, a dad, a daddy who loves you dearly and honestly thinks you're pretty special. So this is who we are, adopted, a part of a family, secure. This is our position. And yet when we look at our behaviors, we can often, often completely miss out and continue to live as orphans, where we look elsewhere for our identity, you know, basing it on what we have or our achievements or what others say about it, say about us. And we live as though it all depends on us, worried constantly about how we're gonna scratch this life together for ourselves and make sure that we are secure or working really, really hard, ticking the boxes to hopefully earn some favor with God. Living out of fear, waiting for the shoe to drop, thinking maybe God's gonna kick us out at any moment or something's gonna happen and this is all just gonna go away. That's the life of an orphan. 
So what are we to do with this? Well, if I had to sum it up, <laughs> don't be an orphan. As we said, orphan needs, orphans need to secure their own future because they're alone and it all rests on them. But when we are secure in our position, allowing ourselves to be fully loved, accessing the limitless resources available to us. It frees us up to receive love from God, to love God in response, and to love others well. Max Lucado wrote a book, which honestly I have not read, um, but I love the title, and it's called Live Loved. I love that title. What would happen if we all lived loved? How would our experience change? Fully resting in our position as adopted sons and daughters. How would it free us to fully love others? You know, our world is filled with orphans. Actual orphans without parents, but also people who are functionally living as orphans, trying to make a way. And they're trying to get home. There's, there's such a deep longing for home. And they're struggling relationally. They're struggling with their mental health, with their identity, with, with, with trying to secure their own futures. But here's the thing, other orphans can't help them because orphans don't know the way home. But beloved children of God, can take orphans by the hand and introduce them to Abba, Father.